This is a diet of Brussels. Uh, this is a roundup uh, on the 28th of September and I realised that it's been nearly two months since uh, I last did one of these. Um, I'm aware very much that uh, I said I would try and do regular updates but I think one of the things that's been clear uh, so far since the referendum uh, is that we haven't really got any progress uh, in matters. That If I think back to what I was talking about at the beginning of August, uh, uh, at the end, uh, if you like, of the pre-summer break, um, there wasn't really very much clarity about what was going on. And now, here we are at the end of September, and again, we still don't have uh, any real advance uh, on either side of uh, the debate. So what I'm going to do is try and think a little bit about what's come out uh, in that two-month gap, but then I'm also going to say that I think until we get to something closer to a notification by the British government of Article 50 or some alternative plan, which I can mention in a moment, uh, I think I'm going to hang up my uh, uh, recording device uh, and just uh, sit on this rather than occasionally noticing that I've got a, a diary reminder to, to file an episode when there's not really anything to say. Having said that, I would just want to say thank you to all those people who have been listening uh, through the summer. I see that actually my listening figures have uh, held up remarkably well, given that I haven't actually produced any new content. So let's put that down to your good taste and uh, my excellent abilities as a podcaster. So what has happened? Well, let's start with the UK side, because that's clearly pivotal in all of this. Um, Theresa May's uh, decision to hang fire on any formal notification of Article 50 is one which is increasingly hardwired into her uh, approach to this whole affair. She recognises that uh, once she actually starts that official process, she is going to lose a lot of her leverage, and that it's very much in hers and the British uh, government's uh, interest to try and get as much agreed informally where there is a more balanced distribution of power uh, so that the formal process can be done relatively quickly. Now, tellingly, uh, even when some of her ministers try to bumble her along or bounce her into positions, she has been very clear that she is the one setting policy. So all the talk you hear about this Brexit trio of Johnson, uh, Davis and Fox is essentially uh, irrelevant at this stage because it is May who is making all of the running. Now she has been uh, as clear as she is going to be saying that there will be notification early next year. Now uh, we know better placed to decide or determine when that might actually be than we were uh, back in uh, June or July. Uh, for my thinking, I think uh, you still would have to expect that something will have to happen in the first two or three months of 2017, that that's uh, the logical point, that much later than that, she can't really sell it as early 2017, and there are enough backbenchers who are... Uh, angsty about uh, backsliding by the government. Uh, remember that most of the cabinet is filled with people who voted to remain, that they will push hard on that. Now I have heard people suggest that she might wait until symbolically 
notifying on the 23rd of June 2017, so one year on from the referendum. Uh, there's no good reason to do it then because you immediately run into uh, uh, the European summer where nobody's going to be doing anything. More convincingly, I've heard an argument which says that there will be a delay, uh, certainly until uh, the American presidential election uh, has uh, reached its conclusion in uh, November, uh, because if there is a Trump presidency, that will complicate matters an awful lot uh, for everybody. But also, it might be worth uh, delaying things until the French presidential election has happened, uh, in uh, May of next year. That, uh, again, potentially uh, the upset that might come, uh, particularly if you ended up with a, a Marine Le Pen uh, victory in that election, which is unlikely, much less likely than a Trump presidency, uh, that that, again, would change matters. But if you imagine that uh, François Hollande is unlikely to uh, retain his uh, presidency, then someone like uh, Nicolas Sarkozy might be more sympathetic to finding accommodations. And interestingly, this week you've heard Sarkozy talk about uh, not going down the Article 50 route, but instead going down a treaty renegotiation uh, which would let the UK stay in. Now, uh, that is brutally ambitious uh, uh, on his part. It's hard to see how you could reach uh, a deal that would satisfy the uh, apparent British concerns about free movement whilst retaining the single market uh, and without everyone else piling in to get their own set of concessions in the other member states and uh, still uh, get that through national ratification processes. But that uh, kind of hangs uh, in the air. For the rest of the, the UK position, really, the struggle still is the one that was there uh, before the referendum and after the referendum, which is that we have a result, but we don't have a meaning behind the result. It's not clear what is the consensus view uh, about what Brexit means, right? beyond the uh, empty rhetoric of Brexit means Brexit. Well, yeah. Uh, not very useful at this stage. But uh, if we assume that May is very focused on limiting free movement uh, as something that she has to deliver on, then that's probably the starting point. But then it's working out what kind of uh, relationship with the uh, internal market uh, is there. However, one of the real barriers uh, that has become apparent is that uh, there are very few British ministers uh, senior ministers who seem to understand how the EU works, that the, the discussion about uh, the ability to conclude free trade agreements with third countries while still being a member, or about access uh, rather than membership of the single market, or about uh, uh, Jeremy Corbyn's kind of line of saying uh, we can have a single market without state aid rules. All of these things do not work in the compromise that the EU has built up. And indeed, that's why the EU has built up the compromise that it has, that everybody gets something that they can take, and in return they have to wear something that they don't like. Now, I, I think that's uh, uh, something that's becoming more and more evident, um, and uh, will become even more evident as we get towards uh, some kind of negotiation. But uh, there is a payoff. It's, I'm not going to pretend that the EU is uh, going to make everybody happy, or indeed everyone happy, anyone happy about everything that it does. 
So to repeat a line that I seem to recall from a very early episode, nobody thinks the EU is perfect and wants it to not change at all. Everybody wants to change something. It's in the payoff of those changes that you get the complexity and the balancing of interests that come. So I think the British uh, government's big challenge uh, through until Christmas is going to be, can they work out what might be a viable option? Similarly, I think on the European side, the EU27, we have got uh, a somewhat similar problem. They really are waiting to see what the British ask for. Um, the problem is that the British are waiting to see what the EU27 offer. And as uh, yeah, we know, nobody wants to be the first one to make a bid because that kind of uh, uh, ends up locking you into things that you might regret later. So both sides are in a kind of a standoff position. Interestingly, and indeed importantly, the E27 haven't been able to find obvious grounds for agreement. The Bratislava summit that we had uh, last uh, month, or earlier in this month, uh, between the 27, talked about the future of the EU, nominally within the context of Brexit, but didn't really t crunch down onto what Brexit might actually involve or, or entail uh, and quite how they would treat it. And it's clear that there are very different opinions uh, across different national capitals, that uh, countries like Italy are very determined that Brexit means Brexit and the UK is leaving and we shouldn't fudge it. Uh, the Germans being quite keen to retain a close uh, economic relationship with the UK. Uh, the French rather distracted by their uh, presidential election with a good cause. And then other states just in a variety of positions. Uh, most obviously uh, Ireland who still have uh, a terrible uh, set of options uh, available to them in relation to uh, their relationship with the UK, particularly in relation to Northern Ireland. For me, the main take-home message, though, is that the summer has not produced the clever, cunning plan that everyone hoped it would. If we think about uh, previous crises that the EU has had, there has been some way out of uh, that crisis, that either something can be parked and put to, uh, to one side, left for a period of reflection, which is usually code for, let's wait until we give people a bit longer to come up with a clever idea. Or there has been some way of uh, fudging the decision that either you can add another element in to make a nice package deal, offset things, or you can issue some kind of clarification to say, well, we didn't mean that, we meant this, uh, with limited uh, legal or practical impact. But in the case of uh, the referendum and of Brexit, we don't seem to have uh, any of those short-term stopgap uh, uh, measures available. It's only because the British have held off that we uh, are in this position. But uh, if we assume that Article 50 is really the only sensible way of pursuing uh, the UK's withdrawal, notwithstanding the uh, Sarkozy-type uh, uh, treaty reform type model, which I don't really see as uh, viable, not least because it definitely requires unanimity, whereas you might be able to get away with a qualified majority under Article 50. Uh, 
that if you're accepting that uh, Article 50 is the way to do it, once you start that, then you've got a deadline, that you've got your two years, and it's not going to take much for uh, a minority, a blocking minority of partners to say, well, actually, we're not prepared to give an extension. In fact, the blocking minority might be as small as one uh, uh, negotiating partner, most obviously the European Parliament. Uh, the European Parliament here, I think, is uh, making a big push on Brexit. It thinks of itself as a uh, negotiating partner. It describes Guy Verhofstadt as uh, their chief negotiator. Member states are going to try and keep uh, Verhofstadt as far away from negotiations as humanly possible. They'll argue that Article 50 talks about the Council leading negotiations, but the Parliament will say, well, Article 50 also requires our consent, and if you don't let us negotiate, we will reject or block any deal. Now, that might be cutting off your nose to spite your own face, because there are plenty of uh, Tory uh, uh, levers who would be perfectly happy with no deal because it would produce the uh, uh, increasingly well-known hard Brexit option, that it would mean there'd be a rupture, a proper rupture in uh, UK-EU relations. But the European Parliament might feel, well, the UK is a lost uh, deal anyway, so we may as well make the most of it in our uh, play for increasing our institutional power. These things are still think very much uh, up in the air. I think what we're going to see through the rest of the year through to Christmas is more efforts by the British to try and have conversations, uh, you know, scouting around the issues, what might be a deal, what might be uh, acceptable and possible, so that uh, they don't go for uh, uh, go and fall in the same kind of situation that David Cameron fell into of uh, over-promising and under-delivering uh, back in the spring. So May wants as far as possible to ask for something that she then gets, which she can then sell to the British people and to her party, uh, that the EU27 will accept and say, this is you know, the best we're going to get, and you know, thinking about structures moving into the forward. So, I think that's really where uh, I am. Uh, my apologies again that I've not kept up the uh, cycle of uh, updates, but as I say, I think, uh, you know, in 15 minutes I've covered pretty much the main areas uh, that we can talk about, that there is no clarity, there is no, uh, it's not even a process that is established properly for Article 50 or for the process more generally. So until somebody actually comes up with a, a sensible, clever plan, um, and the fact that we're still uh, without one three months in suggests that there probably isn't one that exists, uh, I think we're going to find that this is going to drag on and on. So consider this a temporary sign-off. I will come back to it when we get to something that's actually worth uh, talking about. But in the meantime... Uh, enjoy the autumn and uh, stock up on your sleep, get well rested, uh, eat healthily uh, and get ready for uh, Brexit part two. <laughs>